Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. The cream of the crop. Final move. Realest guys in the room. How you doing? Do I have everybody's attention now? Welcome back to the Wrestling with Edwards podcast with your host, Scotty Wrestling. This is episode number six, and I promised you that I would still be here, and I plan to keep it that way moving forward. I really enjoyed my show last week. I was so happy to be back. I think the mock draft was, you know, a lot of fun. And now this week, my plan, as I said last week, is, you know, to discuss the draft results, the final rosters of the WWE draft, while also talking about, you know, my stardom journey because that's kind of my main wrestling story while I was away, per se. You know, when I was not recording, I was watching a lot of stardom wrestling and it really became a, you know, different avenue for me, a different a different opening and you know, sometimes you need that because life hits you with unexpected curveballs and you know, life can be difficult. And I think for me, you know, professional wrestling as a whole is that avenue for me to get away from the normal stuff with, say, my friends or my, my you know, usual work. Like, this is my out. So I really do enjoy, you know, talking, and I'm hoping you guys are enjoying my passion, too. It's been a weird week. It's been a good week, but a weird week. Uh, lots of ups and downs. So I'm hoping... I can deliver a quality episode with everything that's went on, and I, I that's my plan at least. So, without further ado, let's why don't we jump in to the WWE draft results? So, the 2020 WWE draft has officially come and gone, and after my mock draft last week, I was feeling pretty good. I was feeling pretty good with my results. Um, I did have. Drew McIntyre go as the first pick for Raw, and SmackDown goes the second pick to SmackDown, and I nailed that. I I did, and I had Oscar go as the second pick for Raw, and I went, you know, Seth Rollins as the second pick for SmackDown, and I nailed that. And then after that, where we you know got a little got a little difficult after that for the next two days, um, I actually got Bianca Belair right, so that was pretty cool. Uh, there was a lot of good things from this draft. There was a lot of questionable things. So let's let's dive in. Let me uh, share some of my thoughts on the draft because, you know, that's why we're here. So some of my favorite moves, you know, for, I guess, for both people that moved and for people that didn't. Um, let's start off with Roman Reigns. I thought he had to stay on SmackDown, I think, I think he's made that show so good, uh, you know, he's their top champion, he should be on the main network, and, you know, I didn't want him to move, I think he really 
fits in well on what that show is trying to give and you know he can really lead that so i do enjoy that they kept it that way i did expect them to keep it that way with the two champions so that was a good start um another another move i liked was in, yeah, at least in the men's division i i did like the move of the fiend over to raw i thought i thought he needed a new spot because there was no way he was ever going to beat Roman and you can't have him lose again. So I think creating this different story right now with him and Alexa Bliss is really important uh, because I find it, I find it very interesting that those two, you know, the story they're telling, like most recently they attacked Andrade and Selena together. I found that to be very interesting. I can't wait to see where the story goes and I'm happy they both got moved to Raw because I think you could tell that story better on Raw. I feel like on Fox, you're kind of like holding stuff back um, because they wanted more sports feel, and I never thought The Fiend fit there. So I really like that movement for both of them, really. Uh, now, you know, looking back at the SmackDown side, I was very happy that Bailey stayed. I think Bailey deserves to lead that division alongside Sasha Banks, I think those two did so much for that division, and I'm happy they stayed together because the women that they got back were really good. Um, so this is probably my favorite part besides one other thing with this, you know, new changes. Um, so I love, I love the women's division on SmackDown. Uh, the draft pick of Bianca Belair so early, I thought that was a real good look for her. Um... She's going to be a star, though we, we know that. And I think after this Bailey-Sasha feud, they're going to start really building Bianca, probably for a WrestleMania spot if I had to guess, which I think her versus either Sasha or Bailey or someone like that, that's going to be excellent. And uh, I'm, I'm guessing Sasha, and I'm guessing uh, Bianca might be the heel there, even though people do want to cheer her. Um, I also love, you know, I love Selena Vega going there. She signed technically as a free agent, and I think she's going to be so good there now that she has this role as a wrestler only, because she's really good. She's really good, but she's always been good on the mic, and I think she can prove her worth now that she's away from Andrade, I think, we don't really know, away from Andrade and away from... Angel Garza. I think this is going to be a really interesting look to see what she can do on her own. And I, I made the prediction on Twitter that she should, she should be a draft pick come next year's draft. I think that's how high she will rise as a wrestler on her own. Uh, and then you have the Riot Squad. And I've, you know, I've talked about the Riot Squad a lot um, on Twitter in my articles and I think their ability to go to the SmackDown division that's not as top-heavy, I think, as Raw in terms of star power is very important because I think Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot have a lot to offer as single stars more than anything. And I think people will start to see that now that they're on SmackDown, you know, away from the tag team titles. They're going to shine. They're going to be involved, I hope. And I think... I think it's been a long time coming for Liv Morgan that they're going to push her. They just keep hesitating. And, you know, she had to bounce back from that weird Lana angle they tried to do 
like that that was so weird because they did it they talked about it for like a week or two and then they kind of just let it go they never ran with it and then they had her sitting in the bathtub that was weird uh they said she wanted to change i guess she's changed now because she's part of the riot squad again or whatever but i think those two specifically are going to have a really good showing whenever the time comes and the other final move that I really liked, which, you know, could be a disagreed thing, is the move of the New Day separating but not breaking up. I think this was the way to finally do it in a way that, yeah, they're not going to be away from each other all the time because there's pay-per-views and pay-per-views are split together, but they're not going to be together all the time. And I think that's how we've seen Big E shine. Uh, just see that, uh, what was it called? The Falls Count Anywhere match with Sheamus. I think he shined there. I think he showed what he can do as a single star more than any match. Uh, him and Sheamus went to war. He ended up winning that match. One of the better Falls Count Anywhere matches you can see in some time. Uh, yeah, so I think this move is good. And having New Day on both shows is kind of exciting. Because the New Day for the past decade has been probably the strongest you know superstar team faction like to be running that long i think they've been the most successful like they sell merch people love them they're good in the ring they're good on the mic it's just perfect and i think allowing kofi and xavier to you know shine on raw while biggie shines on smackdown is excellent and I mostly love this because it's time for Big E to shine. It's time for Big E to get this big singles push, push to go for that top title because I'm as big a fan as big for, of Big E as anyone. Absolutely anyone. I've been asking for this push for so long. I think I think he can do it. Like When I say I think he can do it, I mean I think he can rise to that top level of a top babyface on SmackDown. And I think that's what SmackDown... Well, not SmackDown only, but the draft really did. They didn't put that many major big baby faces over. There's not many main event big baby faces. They got Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn, who's a heel, Seth Rollins, who's a heel, Daniel Bryan, who we haven't seen forever, but he's coming back this week. So that's their top baby face right now. Kevin Owens, probably number two. And after that, I guess Jey Uso, which, you know, we all know Jey Uso is going to fall off that. Aleister Black's a heel. Paul Cruz is never going to rise to that. I don't think Otis is at that level. Uh, Murphy, Kalisto, Lars Sullivan, King Corbin, and Shorty G. I don't think, I don't think they're going to have Otis rise to that level despite having the contract. And I think this is a good chance for Big E to rise not only to three, not to two, but to that number one babyface spot. Because we know Daniel Bryan's slowing down, and I love Kevin Owens, I really do. But I think this is Big E's time. I think it's Big E's time to shine. I hope it is. And I can't wait to see what they do with him moving forward. Uh, this this Friday, which is you know today technically as I'm recording this, uh, we'll have this New Day farewell, per se, until they both go their separate ways. But we all know that they're going to see each other. It's not like they're gone. They have their own podcast. They're not going to break up either, especially with that podcast. So I'm looking forward to that. And I I enjoyed the draft this year a lot. I think they made a lot of good moves. 
the only head-scratching move that they made was, you know, keeping the Seth Rollins-Mysterio angle going. And I guess that's their way of getting Aaliyah to wrestle Aaliyah Mysterio, that is. And that's fine, but, uh, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's past. Like, I think we need to move on. Uh, I think Seth Rollins needs to move on because I think he can do a lot more good. Uh, and I, I think he's long-term on SmackDown going to be a babyface because, to me, the big match you build to is Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins at SummerSlam, not even necessarily for the title. Like, I think Big E could be champion around then already. I don't think they need Roman Reigns to have this long year-long run, they can, they can, and I wouldn't really be upset, but I don't think they need to do that, I think he can have success without the title, and a babyface Seth Rollins after, you know, he returns, which I'm, so I'm guessing he's going to be leaving at the end of the year for his, the birth of his child, he's going to give, with uh, Becky Lynch, I think that's going to be expected, and I think this Mysterio angle is probably going to write him off TV, so I'm looking forward to seeing what happens there. Otherwise, yeah, I enjoyed the draft. I'm very interested to see what Retribution does on Raw. Very interested. Because they promised Mustafa Ali would talk this past week. He didn't. And a lot of people are complaining, well, why would they draft Retribution after they, you know, raised hell all these weeks? Well, because that's just the way it was going to go. It didn't phase me, and I think what Mustafa Ali can bring to the table is massive. And there's a good chance that Mustafa Ali rises to the top heel role in their eyes on Raw. And I think Mustafa Ali is one of the most talented individuals in that company. So I'm okay with that. I don't think he's a heel. To me, he's a great guy. He's a human. He's this amazing dude. So I don't know if he's necessarily a heel, but I look forward to seeing what he can do. So, that's that on the WWE Draft. I'm very excited to see long-term how this goes. Um, I do want to say, I, I you know talked about with others, the potential breakout stars from this draft. Because I feel like every year has like specific breakout stars from the first year. I'd say Alexa Bliss, AJ Styles... Um, forgetting the other one that's on me Bray Wyatt Bray Wyatt and you know the second draft Jinder Mahal clearly or the shakeup the shakeup Jinder Mahal rose to prominence and then last draft you know you had you had some big names you had the fiend you know be champion you Angel Garza you know he's not there yet and he's actually one of the people I'm about to pick now as a potential breakout so my potential breakouts for this past draft is going to be Bianca Belair, Big E for SmackDown, Angel Garza, and Peyton Royce. I think I think at least, at the very least, at least two of them are either wearing gold, like singles gold, by the end of a year from today. I think they've all I think two of them at least have held singles gold by then. That's my prediction. I like those four. I think they can all be pretty big stars, so I'm looking forward to that. And now we're going to jump into my journey to stardom, as I like to say, 
or I should say Alex Richards, my, you know, man, managing editor at Last Word on Pro Wrestling. Ah, sorry, changed the name. Last Word on Sports.com slash Pro Wrestling. But I'm always going to say Last Word on Pro Wrestling because that's what it is. It's Last Word on Pro Wrestling. So in a few seconds, you know, we're going to jump right into that because I'm really looking forward to, you know, sharing my thoughts on a lot of such incredibly talented women from the past and a lot from the present, a lot from the present. So, you know, I hope you enjoy this part because I know not everyone's in starter. Maybe this will jump into you because I need to explain my journey there. So let's do it. So a wrestling, oh, sorry, a WWE fan's journey to stardom. This is an article I wrote for the last word on pro wrestling slash last word on sports pro wrestling section. And this was an idea given to me by Alex Richards. He really, he really is the one that, you know, got me into the world of stardom, Joshi per se, mostly stardom. I watch mostly specifically stardom because that's the big company. That's the main one that a lot of people know. And that's where a lot of, you know, stars in the U S have come from, um, that are of Japanese, you know, origin. Uh, Io Shirai, Kyrie Sane, you know, two of the bigger ones in WWE at least. And, you know, I really was willing to jump into this because Io Shirai, to me, is my favorite wrestler right now. You know, it's a close, it's a close conversation between her and Bailey. Um, but she is, without shadow of doubt, one of my absolute favorites. She's so good at what she does, you know, and she's one of the favorites to watch in the ring. And I was like, okay, so I want to see more EO matches. So, you know, he gave me this long list. I talked about it last. He gave me this long list to look at. 60-plus matches. I've watched way more than that now. Uh, really to dig, to dig in from the beginning of stardom to present day. And... I've watched a lot. I've watched a lot. And I've got a lot of opinions on a lot of wrestlers. You know, it's funny. When I wrote this article back in, I believe, August. Yes, August. I was very sour on one specific person. And I'm willing to talk about that now. Because now she's one of my absolute favorites. So it's kind of funny. So, you know, as a longtime WWE fan, I've spent my years getting accustomed to to, you know, AEW guys, New Japan guys, and, you know, I really loved, I really loved the different styles, um, most specifically with AEW, you know, I'm really kind of saying Ring of Honor too, because I followed the, uh, the Bullet Club guys, and they were both there in New Japan, and, you know, they went to AEW, the Bullet Club guys, as in the Elite, of course. And they really brought me there, and I really enjoy a lot of it. So I thought, why, why broaden my horizons? And I don't, I don't watch New Japan as much anymore. Um, it kind of, you know, it shows me off a little. I mean, I'm gonna watch the final stuff of the G1 and all that, but and then you know I'll get back into a Wrestle Kingdom. But it's, you know, falling off a little bit for me. So I was like, okay, I need, I need another thing besides WWE. AEW is great, but it's on once a week, and, like, there's not a long library or something to watch from it, so I need something else. And so here we are with Stardom, and 
it was a journey and a half. Some of my favorite matches I've ever seen are in stardom. Uh, you know, this from this year, Mayu Iwatani versus Takumi Aroha. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say right now, disclaimer, I'm sorry if I misinterpret, mis, uh, miss, uh, see, I'm messing up already. I'm sorry if I mispronounce these names. I, I don't hear them said, and I'm going to do my best because I want to, I want to respect these great women as much as I can, and I don't want to disrespect them by any means. So I'm sorry ahead of time. Um, I plan to, you know, get better and learn their names more, but for now, this is, this is how I got to say it. As I was saying, Mayu Iwatani versus Takumi Aroha, um, I-R- O-H-A, to be exact. Iroha. Yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. That is my match of the year. For this year. Like, that is one of the best matches I think I've ever seen. It's it's physical. It's storytelling. It's great between those two. Um, uh, I think I talked to Mayu to a T last week. And I'm probably going to do it again today. But, you know, I want to dive into some others because it was a really fun journey. And I want you to share it with you guys because starting after this week, I'm going to talk about stardom stuff that's going on. Like this this weekend, uh, Mayu and Tak- Takumi have their rematch. And this time it's for the title. So that's exciting. Like, very exciting for me. That's what I'm anticipating. So... Be prepared for that in the future. We're going to talk a lot of WWE. I'm going to finally, you know, get AEW into this conversation more because I've really been bad at that. I apologize. So, yeah, I'm going to try to get that in. But let's let's really let's talk about let's dig in right now. Uh, so I have a lot of favorites. I have a lot of favorites from beginning to end. Uh, I think I think there was someone that tweeted like uh name your top five favorite right now and that's that's great and all but there's a top five like set uh, like ever i guess out of my stardom journey that i really found but i'm going to talk about a lot of people because there is a lot that i enjoy there's a lot that i like and it's going to be a fun little conversation so i'm going to stop saying that and just dive into it and I think the best person to start off with, because I've talked about them already, is Mayu Iwatani. I think, I think I can't go wrong talking about her, and I think it's time. We're going to start off with her, going to jump into some others after, and otherwise, you know, let's see what happens. So, Mayu Iwatani, she is the best wrestler in the world today from a in-ring basis from a ability to connect with her as a fan she is so good and I watched I pretty much watched a lot of her career not her whole career because that's a lot of matches but I watched a lot and I learned how good she is with the little things with the ability to go in there make her opponent look great be this underdog, and I I perfectly sum it up with she is stardom's dorky ace, but she's also an absolute rock star. And I talked a lot about her last week, so I'm going to keep her short. 
but I can't express how much I do love Mayu's work, how much I love Mayu as a whole. Uh, she's, you know, top three favorite wrestler right now, behind the other two that I talked about earlier. So I think you can't go wrong with a Mayu Iwatani match. My favorite match is her versus Io, the second one I ever saw. Uh, I think, I think. It was for the red belt, and Io came out on top. It was one of the times where Io was like, you can't beat me. It was so good. So, so good. Probably my favorite starter match that I've seen. It, there's a lot of good ones. But, yeah, that's that's definitely one of them. And, you know, I'm going to move on uh, to some present day, a present day talent that's got that it factor that you want in someone that's, you know, leading your company and that is going to go with Julia uh, G-I-U-L-I-A so I I went out of my way to look up how to say this because I didn't want to mess it up because I'm pretty sure it's Julia in Italian uh, and you know she's of Italian she's also she's Italian and she Japanese so she is someone that Alex pointed out to me that I was really going to enjoy, and he was right. He was right. She is so good. She's so good. She's the current uh, white belt champion, and she she gets it. She is able to just have this, like, cool factor. She's dominant in the ring. She's really good, and I think something important to say is she's really good in the ring, especially when she does what she's good at. She doesn't have to have, like, these long technical classics. She just has to beat the life out of her opponent. And I think her and uh, Tam Nakano recently had an excellent match like that where they just, you know, showed that hatred of the feud they had. And I think that's what she's so good at. And she's a, she's she's not the face of stardom. Mayu is. But she's probably second in line. And there's a reason she has that white belt. And... You know, they took, they had a lot of hits this year, stardom, and I'm going to get to some of them late, later. But she really helps make their future look bright. And she is one of the best I've seen. She's one of the best. When I say I've seen, it's like in stardom, like I, I like her whole combination. I like her Donna Del Mondo group. I love you know, her entrance music, I love her matches, so it, it's, a, it's a good combo, and, you know, I brought up Tam Nakano, so I feel, I feel like it's only, it's only right to go to Tam, who is, like, this perfectly crazy, not afraid to, not afraid to mess up, if that makes sense, which I think is really important. Because there's matches that you watch Tam and she'll miss a strike here or there. But she keeps going and she keeps pushing. She gets better and better. And she's one of those people you like want to see win. She's really good at being this special baby face that I think a lot of people need to appreciate more. In a sense. And I really, really like what she does in there. So yeah, I do like Tam. Uh, sh her showing in the Queen's Quest versus Oedo Tai elimination match when she was part of Oedo Tai, 
It's one of my favorites from her, and that's like when she was really young. It's one of my favorites because I, th- I think that's the first time I ever saw her, and I, she just stood out to me. Uh, so I really do enjoy Tam, and I uh, I think you would too. So to move on, uh, I'm going to talk Io Shirai real quick because, you know, I said earlier, she's one of my favorites ever. She is my favorite right now. And what she did in Sardom is, to me, so impressive because she's a, she was able to come over to the States and, you know, have these great matches with the likes of Candice LeRae and uh, she hasn't had a singles match with Rhea Ripley, but her match with Ripley and Charlotte at In Your House was awesome and she really controls the crowd. Her her charisma over anyone's in I've seen in Star is out of those out of this world. And she has so many of my favorite matches I've seen and I, I yes, there is the factor that this there was some bias going into it. But she was fantastic and she controlled the audience more than I think anyone outside of maybe Mayu Iwatani did um, her tag team with Mayu with Thunder Rock was one of my favorite things to watch um, her work in Queen's Quest with either Hazuki, AZM you know that was some great stuff her work with Kyrie, um, against Kyrie, I should say her matches with Momo with Tanabe, like there was, there was a lot of good stuff. Her match with Yoko, uh, Yoko Bito, Baito. See, that's that's one of them. I don't know. I'm gonna go. With, I'm just gonna embarrass myself either way. I mess up names all the time, so I'm sorry. But yeah, uh, Io Shirai is bona fide greatness, as I wrote, because her mix of charisma and in-ring ability, while her in-ring ability may not be the absolute best. It is some of the absolute best. Like, it's not the best. I think I give Mayu that thing. But you mix that charisma in, and I, I just think she's unmatchable. Um, yeah, I love her. She's great. And I'll move on, because I can talk about Io all the time. Uh, let's talk Yoko. I brought up Yoko earlier. Um, Yoko is someone that really stood out to me, because... I, I talked to Alex about this. I thought she I thought she was really good. She was one of my like, you know, favorites that I learned and I learned that she, her her recognition wasn't that high in terms of greatness. Um she's very underrated. She's very good. She was very good. She's retired now. But I love some of her matches, you know. Whether it was, you know, against Eel, like I said earlier. She was really good in tag matches. Uh, I really enjoy her work, and I can't say enough good things about her. Uh, if you're going to watch Stardom and you want to watch someone that's not really talked about but is really good, Yoko's, Yoko's my choice by far. Uh, on to, let's see. Let's see what we got on the agenda. How about we talk about... <sighs> Hanakamura. Hanakamura is one of the most wonderful souls professional wrestling has ever had. Ever. Um, I wrote I wrote this to start off my 
to start off, sorry, I'm, I'm joking up, I have tears in my eyes. Uh, I wrote this to start my explanation of who she was in, in stardom. And it's very simple. I wrote, Hana Kimura was special. She was infectious. She, if you hear in the beginning of the intro on my show, you hear the yes, sir. And that was, that was her thing. That was, um, the Tokyo Cyber Squad thing. And people are cruel. People are terrible. And there's a reason we can't, we don't have Hana on this earth with us anymore. It's a shame. It, it breaks my heart. Especially as I got to really learn who she was as a wrestler, but even more as a person. And she was incredible. She was fantastic in the ring. She was fantastic as a person. Everyone has so many good things to say about her. Uh, her, Everything was so cool. She was fantastic. Her match with Julia is one of my favorites because it's, it's rough. It's tough. It's one of the matches where you're like, yeah, this is the future of stardom right here. And that was, uh, at the end of 2019. If you want to go out of your way and see that, that was a fun little rivalry. Hana was special and she's someone that I didn't even know it was her when she was part of way to tie. I was watching a match. I was like, wow, this girl's really good and I didn't catch her name and then I figured it out and I was like wow it is Hana and she she will forever be missed and she even more so will be remembered forever as a beautiful soul a special part of stardom and a special part of professional wrestling so yeah rest in peace Hana Kimura we we all miss you on to a less somber note because that was that was tough, and I want to, you know, raise it. Um, let's talk about Takumi Roja. She she's one of the best wrestlers I've ever seen. Plain and simple. I saw her early days in stardom. She wasn't as good as she is now. Like I'm gonna say that right now. But no, neither was Mayu. You know, neither was Io. Like everyone improves in different ways, but she has vastly improved. Because when I originally saw her, I was like, okay, she's good. She has a sick look, but you know, I. She wasn't necessarily my favorite. And then she kind of, you know, disappeared from stardom on my list. And I was like, where'd she go? Little did I know, she's not even signed to stardom. She's part of Marvelous. And she's the ace there, and reasonably so, because she's incredible. Um, I watched a match from Marvelous, I think it was last year. Mio, uh, she faced Mio. Uh, I'm forgetting the name. But it was, one, it was such a good match. And then her match, like I said, with Mayu earlier this year was out of this world good so yeah she's incredible and she's only made me a bigger and bigger fan every time i've seen her so yeah takumi's awesome uh let's see let's see we're narrowing down the people i wanted to talk about let's jump in on azm okay so listen i don't know like if she has like a name like hazuki had because like Hazuki was originally HCK, and, you know, she actually wrote out her name. So, I don't know if, like, there's a normal way to say this, so I'm going to call her AZM. She is so good. She is so good. She, the, the fact she's so young and she's already this good is kind of concerning for everyone else. She fights the fast style very well, and she's only going to get better. That's the scary part, and I can't wait to watch her get better. I'm happy I'm here now 
you know, to watch her progress even more and even more. She's awesome, and uh, she is a bright star in the stardom world right now. On to Konami. This is the person I wanted to talk about. When I wrote my article, I didn't get it. I didn't understand why everyone loved her. I didn't understand the hype around her. And then I started watching closer. I started watching more matches of hers after I wrote it. And my goodness, was I wrong. She is so good. She's so technically sound. Uh, She's one of the... You know, one of my favorites right now in present day. I know she's, you know, switched. She's no, well, no one's part of Tokyo Cyber Squad anymore. But she's part of Uedo Tai. And, you know, I hope she can rise to some sort of power in that group. Because she's fantastic. And she should be a key part of stardom moving forward. Um, Yeah, I just want to say how wrong I was originally. Because she's really become one of my favorites. Um, On to, I think we only got... Let me let you know. Let me let you know before I speak. We only have two more left. And I saved these two for last because, you know, when it came to wrestlers, I didn't know before jumping in. Like, these are are two I did not know about beforehand at all. I didn't really know anything. And that is Arisa. Hushiki, who fortunately had to retire this year, earlier this year, and Momo Watanabe, who I talked about a little bit earlier. And I'm going to jump in on Arisa first because Arisa is one of my, she would be my current favorite if she didn't have to retire. She was so good, so incredible. And the fact of how long she took a, a time off, like she was so good at the beginning, she was there at the beginning of stardom, you know, retired retired she's in a band which you know she's a great singer so you know she has a second career but she was so good as a wrestler her brazilian kick i don't know i i don't know what she calls it but i know it's a brazilian kick it, it was my favorite it's my favorite move ever and i that's coming from someone that has said the rko for who knows how many years now like, that Brazilian kick was one of my favorite things to watch. It's probably my favorite move ever. And her ability to go in there and, you know, still not have that much training, but be so good. Because she had the MMA background, so that helped. And she was she had some of my favorite matches. She had a fantastic run with the white belt. I have so many more matches to go back and watch her in. But... Oh man, I wish I wish I jumped in to this when she was still active because I would have loved that. Arisa Hushiki is one of the best I've seen, and she's one of the most unknowns still, which is incredible. Uh, and my final my final person I want to talk about is probably my favorite talent from all of it. Like I'm not counting Io and Mayu because I knew them. I knew who they were, and I hold them at the highest standard. We're talking about someone that I didn't know at all, and they just instantly grabbed me. And that's Momo Watanabe. She she is shockingly super duper young still, and she had some of my favorite matches. And I think it's her style that really got me. Her 
you know, hard-hitting style. She has the... Her and Takumi have some of the most effective kicks I've seen. I'm dying for the singles match, so please give it to me. Please. Either Marvelous or Stardom. Like, give me that match. Uh, I love... I love Momo. She... You know, she's the leader of Queen's Quest, who... It, it kind of was funny. It instantly became... You know, my favorite group because, you know, I loved EO and that's who started it. But then Momo took it over. I was like, it was perfect. It was perfect in the sense, you know, that she took it over because I think she is incredible. And I wish Stardom was currently doing more with her because I think she's one of the best they have. I think she is the definition of consistency with her matches. Sure, she might not, you know, necessarily absolutely steal the show, even though her match with Utami was one of the best of the uh, five-star Grand Prix. But I think she's... Her consistency, her ability to control the ring, you know, she has this presence about her, I think, that not a lot of people talk about. And, you know, being part of Queen Quest automatically means you're the coolest motherfudger in the world. So that helps. But, yeah, Momo's awesome. She's one of my favorites from the entire journey. She's one of my favorites right now. You know, I, I talked about EO and Mayu and Bailey, but, you know, Momo was right there. Momo was right there. And she was my favorite person I didn't know about before watching Stardom. Like, I knew about Kyrie, I knew about Momo, and I knew about... No, I didn't know about Momo. I knew about Kyrie, knew about Mayu, um, yeah, Mayu, and I knew about EO. That's it. So I think Momo, Momo and Arisa are probably my two favorite that I learned about. And I didn't get to talk about Kagetsu because I'm getting tired. And I, there's a few more people. I Hazuki is another person I didn't get to talk about. There's a few people I didn't get to talk about that I want to come back and talk about. And I will because, you know, I'm watching their matches and I can. So, you know, and Hiromi Maimura, who's another talent from back then. There's so many that... I didn't get to, and I didn't even get to talk about Kyrie. So I'm gonna come back to this. I'm gonna talk about these other folks because there's so many talented women that Stardom have had, that Stardom has right now, and I think it's the best thing wrestling-wise. I'm watching. I love WWE. WWE is forever my number one because it's what got me into wrestling. I will never give up on it. But Stardom is, you know, that's my next thing. I watch it. I'm amazed by it, and it's truly, truly such a good time. So, yeah, that is the, what what is the name of the show? Wrestling with Edwards, episode 6. I hope you had a good time. I don't know what we're going to talk about next week. There's still, you know, I could talk about Hazuki and all of them. I probably will, but I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to rate, talk about the Mayu Takumi rematch from this weekend. I can't wait to watch that. Uh, what else do we have on deck? We have the New Day's uh, farewell match, so we'll talk about that as well. And otherwise, you know, we'll figure out as we go. So, you know, I'm Scotty Wrestling. This was the Wrestling with Edwards podcast. Stay safe, everybody. Have a good week, and I will see you next week.